The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hey, hey, hey. But if y'all waiting on me to apologize, hell gonna oh, freeze. Wait. <laughs> Tonight at the main event, what do we have? Who do we have? You know what it is. It's Taco Tuesday. Welcome to another edition of the Points in the Paint podcast presented by Stadium Ben Wittenstein. And Zach Badger House. And we are trying to talk everything possible going on in the NBA world. Uh, a lot less than <laughs> what used to be, but, you know, there's some scraps here and there. Zach, how uh, how's quarantine been treating you since we last spoke probably a week and a half ago? <clears throat> well, excuse me. So, Ben, it's been kind of depressing a little bit. No sports, no live sports here and there. But what I have been doing is on YouTube, basically watching highlights of all my favorite players from between the 2000 and the 2010 era and just appreciate that full decade of basketball, whether it's Allen Iverson, my favorite player, Vince Carter, Tracy McGrady, uh, the late Kobe Bryant, of course, rest in peace. Uh, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett. Yeah, I even watched some Tim Duncan highlights. And he was <laughs> those exist? Soft. That's a yeah, thing? <laughs> those, yeah, those definitely exist. Uh, Dirk Nowinski, of course, too. But like, even watching Tim Duncan highlights, you just find a new pre- appreciation for his game, even though he was, you know, considered Mr. Fundamental, you know, e- even at the same time. And he was getting buckets, <laughs> 27 and 11. He was. You know, he was uh, pretty impressive throughout his career, and that's why – He's a five-time champion and, you know, a Hall of Famer, along with, you know, other players on that team, too. Manu Ginobili, he was great. Tony Parker was great in his prime, too, as well, and that whole Spurs core. So, yeah, I've just been, you know, just watching old highlights on YouTube, man, of, uh, you know, the, the good days of basketball before it got a little softer, but <laughs> I see the here or there. That's the way to go. And it's interesting, you, all those, like, you look at McGrady and look at Iverson highlights, and I definitely have watched those, too. And I think those two guys specifically, their highlights have not aged at all. They, the moves that they do and some of the shots that they do would be incredible, like, if it <laughs> happened yesterday. Yeah, especially Adam Iverson. Like, he would, the crowd would go so crazy with just the appreciation and the heart and the passion that he brought when he was in Philadelphia. He just loved the crowd. He loved to keep the crowd engaged. And so, like, even with social media being so prominent as it is now today, I can only imagine, like, how it would be for Allen Iverson or, like, Tracy McGrady scoring 13 points in 35 seconds. Like, like the buzz that would have in today's social media would be, like, outstanding. Oh, AI would be the social media darling. I mean, we, we saw it with Steph Curry. Steph Curry, all he had to do was shoot cool three-pointers with Iverson. <laughs> People would love Iverson today. Exactly. You'd be huge on social media. The thing that I've been doing also, uh, Zach, yesterday was I uh, I watched some Korean baseball. Opening day in the Korean Baseball League. That means you had to be up at like 1 or 
two in the morning to do that because yeah. <laughs> I believe that I was, was the time it it uh it t- it capped off. I believe it was uh I think it, it was like one thirty a.m. first pitch because hilariously and extraordinarily sadly it was a rain delay. We couldn't even get free live baseball without a rain delay happening. So we had to wait like an extra half hour, and then we finally got some Korean baseball. And I think my team is going to be the Dinos. And I know everyone's picking teams, but the Dinos have an incredible mascot. Go Google it. It is the most ridiculous looking mascot. It is like a really deformed Philadelphia, like the Philly fanatic type of mascot. So I think I'm going to be a Dinos fan, but that's just me. I I highly recommend it if you're looking for live sports, get into some Korean baseball action. I'm going to have to be up super late. Yep. See the first pitch. (laughs) Yep. Hey, use it as an excuse to take take some drinks, enjoy some baseball, middle of the the summer at 2 a.m. Nothing wrong with that. Two in the morning watching baseball. There's nothing like it, I guess. If if there's nothing else to watch in terms of sports. Listen, you you gotta take you gotta take what they're giving you at this point. That's <laughs> uh, right. You gotta take what you can get, whether it's absolutely foreign baseball, domestic baseball, or even horse. <laughs> yeah. Hey, horse was one of the best things to happen in April in terms of live sporting events, which is sad and and good all at the same time. I exactly. guess if you put it into perspective. <laughs> We got some ba- we got some basketball to talk about. Um, and again, yeah. if you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at Points and Paint. Uh, you can follow Zach Badgerhouse or myself Ben Wittenstein on Twitter, also Stadium. Um, but we'll start we'll start with the big three. We've got some big three topics for you. There's been enough basketball news in the past week and a half that that we can talk um, um some some big topics going on. The big three. And the first one being um, the NBA talking about, and they did this. They postponed the 2020 NBA draft lottery yes, and the draft did. combine that's going to be in Chicago. Um, and I guess, I mean, the initial thoughts here were obviously that that was kind of expected at this point. And I guess right now people are concerned, worried, not sure if even the draft is going to take place on June 25th. Yeah, uh, I don't really think necessarily they would have to postpone the NBA draft necessarily because you could do that virtually. And I believe they were even saying, like, you could probably, you know, postpone, you know, the draft lottery itself. You could probably postpone it maybe for like a week or maybe two weeks from then at, from the previous dates that it was originally scheduled. But then after that, you know, that can be done virtually where, you know, the media can be in just like, you know, a small hotel bar. Well, not a small because that would be that wouldn't be smart, but like a bigger uh, hotel ballroom. You know, they can gather all they can gather them all there. And then the league execs could all be in different hotel rooms, you know, all in one place. And then they'll be able to do the uh, the draft lottery that way. And they do it virtually through that um, through that process. And I think it could actually work if they actually were to try that for the uh nba draft lottery they just, just got to get us another set date that's all i believe because i believe the ceo of the spurs were even saying they don't have a target date just yet but you know they got an entry list the last couple of days so just gotta wait and see what happens and uh, how it turns out and i think it's contingent upon the season returning too because i mean if the season if they don't cancel the season I don't know how you have that draft because you don't have the final draft positions is the exactly. thing. I mean, if they want to continue the season into late June, you're going to have to push the draft back. But if they just cancel the season, um, I, I don't I don't know. I don't even think there have been huge talks about what would happen if they did cancel the season. Would the would the worst team in the NBA still get the highest chance for the number one pick or how, how would they do the lottery at that point? I, I don't even know what the correct answer for that would be. Yeah, exactly. Because right now it would be like whoever currently sits at the you know the, t- the the three worst records out of the uh out of the nba would all have the equal amount of chance of getting that number one pick 
And so, like, currently right now, that'd be tough to really say. And then also consider this, too, Ben. Not every team clinched the playoffs in March. You know, it was only like four or five teams that actually clinched a actual playoff berth in the NBA by that time. And so there were still like over 200 games left to be played before the end of the season, before the start of the playoffs. And so it's kind of tough to really pan out an NBA lottery when the season wasn't really quite done yet. And so that, like you said, that also plays a huge factor in how they're going to go about that. Yeah, because if they don't have all their playoff teams set, how do you even know how to do the lottery? It's it's kind of just a mess at this point because there's so many different routes you can take. And even thinking that the draft is going to be on June 25th may be naive just because we don't even know if the season is going to be canceled or not, which kind of brings us to our second the big three. Uh, point of the big three because it goes into this point is the NBA has been talking about extending – we're pushing back, I guess, the start of next season, as we have said the past couple episodes where this has kind of been brought up and it's becoming more and more looking like a reality, where they're saying they're going to start on, you know, somewhere around Christmas in December the next season. So if they decide to do that, I think that's kind of what comes first, is they need to decide we're going to start next Christmas, we're going to start the season on Christmas, which gives them these whole other months now where they can extend this current season and then maybe push back the draft until August or something. I don't, I don't really know. Maybe late August. You know what I didn't really consider until probably just now is like the life circumstances with all of this, because like NBA players, they have the summer off their kids have the summer off. And so like that kind of goes hand in hand at least for um, them to be with their families now with this season being pushed, okay, until Christmas. And then, okay, we're, we have December, we have January. Now we got to consider pushing the All-Star. So the All-Star game, the All-Star, so, so we'll push that until like March. But then we got to make sure we're not around the same time as March Madness. So it's like, yeah. it's, so there's going to be different logistics, like different schedulings that are going to have to take place that, I, that are going to be affected by all of this. Then that are also going to have to be considered with this pushback, too, as well, because, like I said, if they're going to keep playing, they're going to start in December and they're going to keep playing all the way through. 80, if they're going to play 82 games, they're going to play probably basically until April, May. The season in the playoffs is going to linger, obviously, until June, July and even August. So like that time away from their families is going to be something to really consider or someone should no, be, yeah, I mean, someone should consider that, too, as well. That's a great point. I hadn't even thought of something like the All-Star game because there's no way you can have an All-Star game in March. That would just be stupid for the NBA because of March Madness going on. Exactly. But I, I mean, I, if you push – I mean, theoretically, if the NBA season has, has the past couple of years started at the end of October, um, which is around where they're thinking about starting it at the end of December, so you push everything two months back, I guess that would put the NBA All-Star game um, around the middle of April if they if they would do it. In the middle of February, it would be middle of March, middle of April would be two months um, pushback there, which is, I guess, would be fine. That's out of the way of March Madness. But then you have the start of baseball season. You've got a lot of people paying attention to golf and the Masters and things like that. Middle of February is the perfect time for an NBA All-Star game because there's nothing else going on. You don't yep. have football. Super Bowl's over. College yep. football's over. NHL All-Star game has already happened. It is the time for the NBA to shine. If you do that in April, you are not going to get all the eyes that you probably want because they're exactly. everywhere else. It's warmer yeah. weather. People are going outside. No one's stuck inside with the cold and the snow and everything. It's different. It'll definitely be different. And like you said, the Masters will be going up like MLB opening day. That'll be starting. But then 
those same leagues will have to maybe consider like readjusting their schedules too as well. So we just may see a whole like schedule change in terms of like all professional leagues in the U.S. or even, you know, even across the world, the ones that have stopped, we'll probably see a huge like schedule change or a major schedule change within each of these leagues that being, you know, major league soccer, MLB, um, and the NFL, even college football, even college basketball, once it comes around to, you know, the amateur leagues too, as well. So like, it'll be different to like, see like how the other leagues go about it, but it really sounds like the NBA is really trying to, you know, put two steps forward in this, uh, pandemic situation. Yeah. At least they're being proactive. And I wonder what, the CBA says their agreement with the player says about when to start the season, because like you said, I mean, over the summer, most of the teams are off unless you're running for a championship, which is, you know, going to be four teams maybe out of, out of all of them. I'm sure the players love being home with their kids. The kids have the summer off from school, things like that. They probably enjoy that. So I don't know what their feelings would be towards pushing the season back more and, and starting on Christmas and things like that, does it take away from playing on Christmas that all the players love doing because, you know, it was only four or five games, whatever it was, and now you're going to have to start the season on Christmas. You may have 10 or 12 games. It may deplete what playing on Christmas meant and, and things like that. So they're going to have to figure this out. I mean, this could be a change that we see completely change the NBA forever, or it may be one of those things where they just do it for one season, but that would even be hard because you just push the whole schedule back. So, this is one of those things that could have very real consequences for the NBA's future forever. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of considerations in play for sure because with the schedule. Because if once you do it once, it's a, you may have to be permanent on the situation. So however you decide to start that season, you may have to start the NBA season like that moving forward, and you may have to get all the scheduling down packed. That's going to be so much involved with like scheduling because then it becomes okay these arenas not only play basketball but some play hockey some have concerts some have this some have that there's so yeah. many different elements to this where it's like there'll be a whole different like change in terms of how every stadium or every venue is operated you know here forward because of this you know obviously the situation and so i'm pretty confident that the nfl i mean not the nfl but the nba is going to be super proactive with this and they're going to get it all down in line and intact. And Adam Silver, the commissioner, he's going to put all the right uh, steps in the right direction for this to take place. And I know each uh, NBA team and all the players will probably be on board with it as well. And they may even get something out of this that they've been wanting, and that's fewer games. They may get fewer games out of this as well. So we may have to just wait and see how it turns out. But I believe uh, it'll be beneficial for the players in the league as a whole after all of this is done. Yeah, I would imagine he's got at least the best interests of of the player. Adam Silver seems like the type of commissioner that does have the interests of the players at the forefront of his mind. He, he's exactly. really kind of he, he's been a leader that way, and where he does consider the players a lot more than a lot of these other a lot of these other commissioners for these sports leagues, <laughs> to say the least, the, right? Yes, to say the least. Um, the other thing, a little bit of good news was the NBA talked about teams can open up their training facilities on um, May 8th, which as of this recording is in three days. Um, and that is in states where they are relaxing some of these stay at home orders. And I think they're going to have to figure out, and they're still kind of figuring out teams who are in states where the stay at home orders are still in place, where you can't, you're not really supposed to leave the house. You can't go to these places with other people. Um, so I think that's something the NBA needs to figure out because someone like the Atlanta Hawks in, in Georgia, where they've relaxed some of the stay at home orders, 
the team is going to be able to go to the facility and practice under the NBA rules. But the Bulls here in Illinois, where the stay-at-home orders are going until um, the end of May, they're probably not going to be able to go to their facility. So the NBA needs to kind of figure out how to even that out, I think. Yeah, you're right. You know, having to be a balance, you know, everybody get the same opportunity, same chances for sure. But, you know, uh, there's something to consider with that in terms of, you know, all, all teams across the NBA being able to have access to gyms or having access to, you know, be able to play basketball. And it's funny that uh, remember we talked about Jimmy Butler getting his teammates for the Miami Heat or uh, basketball rims were like Myers Leonard. He couldn't actually put the basketball rim together. So, like, <laughs> not every player is fortunate enough, you know, to be in a situation where they could be able to practice and work on their game and keep the game up to tack right now during this pandemic crisis. So, yeah, that's something that you're absolutely right, Ben, that they should uh, look into because not every state where, you know, NBA franchises are, are have those, you know, less restrictions. So uh, they need to figure that out for sure because that's something that can be a little imbalanced moving forward. Listen, if you were to tell me someone on uh, the Miami Heat, out of all of them, who couldn't put together a basketball hoop, Myers <laughs> Leonard would absolutely be on the top of that list. Like he, If you told me that even like three weeks ago, even two months ago before this happened, you'd be like, Myers Leonard probably can't put together a basketball hoop if someone sent it to him. I'd be like, yeah, that that makes sense. That checks out. That That's Myers Leonard. So, yeah, I saw that on uh, social media, and I found that to be quite hilarious because, you know, it's supposed to be beneficial for all the players. And here we have it that, you know, some of them have a difficult time, you know, putting the thing together. So <laughs> it's just a rough situation yeah. out here during this pandemic. Yeah. Myers Leonard, not, he probably doesn't go to Ikea a lot. I would imagine. That right. Would, uh, that's, that's pretty good. I wonder if anyone else has been doing that because, you know, we talked about the horse competition with, with Trey young and he was shooting in his, in his driveway on a, crappy hoop that probably been there for 15 years exactly i just wonder how many of these world-class athletes getting paid 15 20 25 million dollars they're shooting on these like raggedy basketball (laughs) hoops in their driveway with torn nets and chipped backboards and everything like that you put the sandbags in the back so it doesn't tip over when you're dunking on it (laughs) i wonder how many of these guys have to deal with it or put water in the back of it yep grabbing some bricks grabbing the bricks around from from wherever you can within the, the acres of the yard that they have, because I'm pretty sure they have acres on top of acres and yep. the, around their house. So have a couple family members stand on the back. Exactly. <laughs> and that's what it's come down to. It's a, it's, it's pretty funny. I want, it'll be interesting to see when they can finally interview these players to kind of talk about how they, how they stayed in shape. Giannis posted on, on Instagram, him, him working out. So it looks like he found at least like a, Maybe it's his home gym where he can like at least work on his muscles, but it still doesn't look like he has a basketball hoop. So Giannis may be absolute garbage when he comes back those first couple of weeks shooting a basketball. Yeah, <laughs> all all the effort he made into improving his three-point shot, just gone now. Yeah, just kind of slowly drifting off out the window. But just keep his rhythm intact, and he'll be all right. But hey, he'll, he'll be fine. We got this last big three. The big three. And I found it to be rather interesting Given the this franchise, right? Given the franchise, I yep. found it to be very interesting, and that's Chris Paul being considered from the Knicks that they're willing they're willing to trade for him. So the New York Knicks are willing to trade for what fifteen year vet Chris Paul, age of making what, 35, forty million thirty six, making forty million dollars a year, which by all means get all your money. Chris Paul, I have no shade yes. to that. You've earned it. 
You've been an 18, you've been an 18, 19 point guy, 10 assist guy your whole career. That's pretty, uh, that's pretty impressive if you ask me. However, <laughs> how do you feel about this? Ben, the New York Knicks trying to go after a guy like Chris Paul this late in his career. It seems very New York Knicksian. It just seems like something <laughs> they would do. It's so weird how they are infatuated with these guys who are not going to help them in the future. Why, why do they want all of these these guys right now, who are yeah. like on their last leg? You're not going to win a championship with Chris Paul on the Knicks. You're going to need other guys, and especially with Chris Paul, whose contract still has another year to go after this year. You're going to have to pay him 41 mil. You're going to to get him. You're going to have to trade for him. Who who are you going to give up that's going to continue to make your team still be good when Chris Paul comes? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Chris Paul and Taj Gibson are not going to win an NBA title. <laughs> See, you're focused on the highest level of basketball possible. They just need to make the playoffs, the eighth <laughs> seed or something. Like they need some type of energy going on in Madison Square Garden for sure. That's not, you know, that's not in the stands with the energy coming from the fans wanting the uh, the owner to be, you know, to sell the team, you know, doling to sell the team. And so like they need a new direction, but that's not the direction that they need to go in. That's a veteran that's that's way well, well past his prime. He still keeps his numbers up, you know, the best way he can for the Oklahoma City Thunder right now. And got he has those he has that team in the playoffs currently right now and everything good that's sweet and all but he's a little too old past his prime and they need to be sticking to the youth but that says a lot about how they feel about frank that's so yeah. a lot about how they feel about him and i think as as someone as both of us who have who have just loved and and written love letters to the oklahoma city thunder to this season on this podcast <laughs> i think we can both agree chris paul is good this season because of what the thunder have built around him Yep. I think, I mean, they have a lot of young players, Shea Gilgis Alexander being their top one. He, him and Chris Paul have developed incredible chemistry. Yep. And Danilo Gallinari has helped Chris Paul out a lot. He, he's, he's developed great chemistry in the pick and roll with, with Steven Adams. I mean, he has the pieces around him to create, to continue to make him as good of a player as he can. On the Knicks, he's screwed. Who's, who's going to help him? <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot of extreme, extreme talent. I mean, he'll probably, have pick and roll with Julius Randle, and that's oh. about it. That would be the only consistent thing going on for him on the New York Knicks, and that's that doesn't say that doesn't say too much. But he is a twenty point nine rebound guy for the New York Knicks, so that's about the best you're gonna get once Chris Paul's over there. If you don't trade him out of the, in, with the package, you know, including the uh, the whole trade package, he Julius Randle may end up being included into the trade, and so you never know how it even pan out. I don't agree with the idea of trading for Chris Paul, but I guess there are some pros and cons to it. I guess there's a player relationship, a player agent relationship because Chris Paul and uh, was Leon Rose's uh, agent for quite some time and they have a mm-hmm. longstanding relationship. So I guess that plays a, a pivotal role into the idea of, you know, the New York Knicks reaching out or potentially wanting to reach out for Chris Paul. But I mean, man, I don't know, man, it doesn't really it's work. It's weird because I mean, it does seem the Knicks are very they, – they need a star, right? And I don't think they've had – I would say they haven't had a huge star, a huge name since they traded Carmelo in September of 2017, so almost three years. And, and we can talk about Chris Stops, and Chris Stops is great, and he, he was a big name, but I, he, he obviously just wasn't as big of a superstar during his time with the Knicks. 
as Carmelo Anthony was. And I, he, he was the mm-hmm. last like big name player that I think the Knicks had. And even in the last couple of years for, for on the Knicks, Anthony wasn't, you know, his old self, obviously. So I think they, they are just looking for that superstar to sell because if you have a superstar, you, you, you pair him with Madison Square Garden, you pair him with the New York market, you're going to at least make some money. And they don't have any of that right now. They don't have a good team. They don't even have any star players and they have, incapable management so i think they're just looking for at least one of those pieces and i guess it is a star player at this point to to help sell tickets or something i don't i don't really know what the plan is yeah that yeah the plan just doesn't look favorable in their in their favor at least the new york knicks however i will say this the oklahoma city thunder they have their point guard and chris paul and i believe that it's chris paul's team you know he's the happiest he's ever been you know he's he's been on record saying that you know those factors do you got to take any account of those. You know what I'm saying? He He's happy right now in Oklahoma City, and they're in the playoffs. You know, it's not like a lot of people would expect, like we talked about on this podcast before, a lot of people expected the Thunder to not be in playoff contention or even really be a factor. And he's shown that this team has a lot of young talent, and he's leading that young talent, like we've mentioned. And the only direction they can really go is forward with him. And I don't think Sam Presti is really be too pressed to really trade Chris Paul. You know, I don't know really because I think if he wanted to really, he would have did it before the trade deadline in February. So I don't think it was in too big of an interest for him to really want to do that to begin with. So, yeah, I think he knew he had something special. I think he knew he had someone who could teach Shea Gilgis Alexander things, which is which is very valuable. And I know at the beginning of the season, people were talking about buyouts. They were the OKC was going to buy Chris Paul out. He wasn't happy being you know, in one of the, the smallest markets in the NBA. And you have to you have to grant it and give it to Sam Presti for building a good team, but also Chris Paul for sticking it through. And it has been a match made in heaven for both sides. It's worked out super well, and, and they're yeah. right in that playoff hunt. And, yeah, I think, you know, at, you know, he played in New Orleans, New Orleans Hornets, and then Hurricane Katrina, they had to move to Oklahoma City, and they were Oklahoma City Hornets for a little bit. And so he had, you know, a previous connection with the city of Oklahoma City prior to actually becoming an Oklahoma City Thunder. So, like, he's had a relationship with the with the community around there, you know, for quite some time, dating back to those days. And so, I, you know, like I said, I feel like he's genuine, genuinely happy being in Oklahoma City, playing for the Thunder and leading that uh, that franchise with those young guys. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if the Knicks make any other moves because it's always news when they do because it's usually pretty bad moves. Yeah, to be quite honest, past couple of years. <laughs> it's kind of uh, let's look about what. Yeah, let's look about what NBA Twitter has been uh, talking about this week. What it do, baby? Yeah. And there's been a lot, surprisingly, with no NBA going on. NBA Twitter is uh, is still functioning. Got, got it's still buzz. fun. Yeah, it still has its buzz. You know, you still got the. The Jordan doc that's out there, that brings up a lot of conversation, you know, mm-hmm. got about the old era versus new era and this and that. And then you got, you know, the different different jokes and different different guys on Twitter trying to be as creative as they possibly can. You see in different interviews. Like, I don't know if, how many interviews have you seen recently from uh, different guys in the NBA, but I've been able to catch a few of those as well. I was like, they've been good. Yeah, they've been pretty good. I've seen former players. uh players currently players that are currently playing as well and uh one of the ones i've seen that was really good for me was uh the knuckleheads podcast with uh, darius miles and quentin richardson and they're sponsored by uh hennessy i find that to be uh oh my god quite hilarious but i seen one with them with shaquille o'neal and i found that one to be uh pretty good so you should check that one out if you get a chance uh, it was really that's good. great yeah i like that one Shaq had a lot to say it was awesome Shaq always has a lot to say. He's 
he's just kind of he's never going to run out of things to say because he's just going to keep talking no matter where it leads him. He's kind of like that Michael Scott (laughs) thing where he's like, sometimes I start a sentence and I don't know where it's going and hopefully you find it at the end. That's that's pretty much Shaq. (laughs) Yeah. And I've been seeing a lot of uh, Shaq and the Fools like they're making newer, they're making old school editions of uh, Shaq and the Fools. And so I've been able to see those too on Twitter. And so those have been quite hilarious to see the NBA players comment on those too. So I've been able to see that as well. That's very funny. I know you mentioned the Jordan doc. Um, and speaking of that, that involves one of the points for NBA Twitter, because we've seen how much they have been absolutely crapping on Isaiah Thomas, um, especially <laughs> in last week's episode. The they, Detroit Pistons. And the bad boy Pistons. Yeah, yeah, the Detroit Pistons, 1980s, 1990s Isaiah Thomas. Um, and as we know, and as, as everyone who's an NBA fan knows, there is another Isaiah Thomas who has been in and out of the league recently, who was big on the Boston Celtics. And apparently, I didn't know this until last week, there's a Isaiah Thomas who plays on the Oklahoma football team, and he's a defensive end. And they have both tweeted in consecutive weeks that people have been DMing and sending tweets to them, criticizing them, yelling at them, thinking that they were the real Isaiah Thomas from the, the real Isaiah Thomas from the Detroit Pistons bad boy era. That's hilarious. And then I wouldn't even, like, correct them. I would just let them think. Because how can you even think that? Like, have you seen my face to say Isaiah Thomas? Like, <laughs> where's the correlation? Like, Isaiah Thomas now is, like, 50-plus years old, and – here we have it, Isaiah, little Isaiah Thomas, five foot nine, receiving all these mean tweets, and he's just a, just a basketball player on. I think he plays for who? The Denver Nuggets. And he's he's, such, he's been such a journeyman since the Boston Celtics days that it's hard to really keep up with Isaiah Thomas. But you know, he was great for the Boston Celtics. Did what he did, you know, despite his, you know, his uh, sister passing away. He still went out there, gave it all, gave it his all for that franchise at that time. Was an All Star, and now he's out here receiving mean tweets like he's the, like he's the back to back champion of the Bad Boys, <laughs> Detroit Pistons. It's something out here, man. <laughs> it's funny because yeah, the, that Isaiah Thomas, the current NBA Isaiah Thomas, he, he on eight. April 27th, he said, y'all be tweeting at me, mad at me, like I was trying to hurt Jordan, LOL. And then the Oklahoma Isaiah Thomas, just this past weekend, he said, people in my DMs, like I was the one beefing with Jordan. <laughs> and he probably so was hardly even alive when it even took place, the Oklahoma defensive end. Like he's probably born in like at the least 1998 or something. So like Jordan's like last go around, <laughs> it was probably when he was even born. So it's just a crazy time right now. It's with, so uh, that, good. And like the buzz of that name. Yeah, and I'm a big fan of people with the same name as other people who've done like bad, terrible things or stupid things and people tweeting at them thinking that they're that person. I will always laugh at that forever and ever. So this is really, really funny because, <laughs> I mean, it, it doesn't make a difference to them. I, I'm sure they find it hilarious and they got Twitter. They got Twitter credentials now and people have been retweeting and tweeting back at them. So that's always funny. Yeah, it is. Uh, the other thing, LeBron, obviously been out and about on social media he's still training every day he's putting out videos of, of him training with with Bronny and, and himself and he's still looking like he can play 48 minutes a night um, he was talking about <laughs> and tweeting sure. about yeah and saying how he wants the NBA to resume the season so he's I mean he's a pretty big voice to be saying that he said I don't want them to cancel it I want them to resume it and I don't know how much weight that carries in in the NBA's front office but I'm sure they're considering it when someone like LeBron's like, yeah, I think we should find a way to, to resume the NBA season without canceling. it. Oh, yeah, because, you know, he's trying to get that 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 next ring. You know, he's trying to get number four. He does. So he is. And he was, you know, they're in good shape. First place out west, you know, second best record in the NBA. And they were right there, you know, right there. They were on the momentum was right in swing, head into the playoffs. They were going to be right there in the mix for a, for a uh, title contention for sure. 
But uh, he's been he's been on the record saying that not only is he ready, but his teammates are also ready. And they say the L.A. Lakers are good to go after this pandemic. So we'll have to just wait and see. But, you know, we got the NBA guys. They're training, you know, trying to do the best they can to get ready. But then we got guys who are just skipping college and just deciding we're going to just go straight to the league or the league process and try to not go to school and try to make some money and put some money in my parents' pockets and make a difference in my life and my community. And that's Isaiah Todd and Deshaun Nix, both high school players, four-star, five-star athletes, skipping, going to college, foregoing college, and they're going to the G League. What do you think about that, Ben? I think I, we talked about this on our last episode about you know, the NCAA and the basketball uh, for the NCAA is not, you know, it's not dead. It's not dying. It's still going to be there. It's still going to be fun and people are still going to pay to watch it. But it's certainly interesting because we talked about Jalen Green making that move. He was a five-star player, going to be one of the top prospects in, in college basketball, decided to go to the G League instead. Isaiah Todd was uh, committed to Michigan and he decommitted. Uh, Deshaun Nix was committed to UCLA and he decommitted. So these are two big name players along with Jalen Green who both said, screw college. We're going to the G League. We're going to get paid $500,000 a year to play in the G League, train with NBA players, train with NBA coaches, be with NBA teams and on their radar, and then get drafted the next year. And it's interesting that we're seeing all these big-name players doing it, and we're probably almost undoubtedly going to see more doing it. And, I again, I don't think it's the death of college basketball, but they're going to need to make some changes. And we've seen the NCAA just this past week talk about how they're going to probably allow athletes to make money off of their likeness. Now they're going to be able to do endorsements. They're going to be able to get paid to post on Instagram, whatever it may be. Yes. So I think the NCAA finally. is, yes. yeah, finally, finally yes. really. That's, I mean, this has been a long time coming. And I think the NCAA has realized we need to start helping these players get some money or else they are all going to go to the G league. And you won't have nothing to offer. And <laughs> cause there won't be like, it won't be the same. Like the system will, yeah. will eventually start to be broken. So it's best that they do head in that direction. And that's good. You know, it's, it's it's better late than never, I guess, you know, when you look at it in that situation. But at the same time, uh, it should have been done. Uh, but these kids that are foregoing college to go play in the G League, something that was brought to my attention was this, Ben. How often do you watch G League games? And, oh, yeah, it, zero. and then put that and then put that same put that on the same scale as how often you watch college basketball games within a week alone. Like how often you, how many college basketball games do you see during the college basketball season versus how many how often do you see a G League game? And so that's something that these players also have to really consider, too, is like your brand and like how you want to look or your image or whatever the case. Kids are going to make it. Kids are going to go to college and make money off their image, but that school will still be a part of that, their image. You know, Duke, Zion going to Duke, like he's, that's still a part of his image, right? He bust his shoe yep. out at Duke. So that's going to be something that we'll always remember forever because it happened at Duke and Duke is a high profile school as it relates to basketball, college basketball. So, you know, that's yeah. something that's always have to be considered too versus, you know, the uh, South Dakota Skyhawks, you know, where we don't know the coach's name. You know, we know right. high profile coaches names in college, you know, so right. Like Juwan Howard. We know that Isaiah Todd was going to go play for Juwan Howard. We know we knew that uh, that Vernon Carey was going to go play for Mike Krzyzewski at Duke. You know, we like we knew that we don't we can't say those same things for uh, for the NBA G League. Now, that's something that someone may not consider. They may only consider the, the idea of them being able to make money and not, you know, the NCAA profiting off of them. 
then I guess that's something you can just look at it from that direction, too, as well. Yeah, you're not going to get Obama showing up at a G League game to watch you play. That's exactly. Just, that's not going to happen. Exactly. And, it, and it's interesting. The, the Athletic wrote an interesting article about that where with Isaiah Todd and, and Deshaun Nix going to the G League, you, you're seeing a lot of these players because it's kind of twofold, right? You'll see some of these players go and forego college basketball, go to the G League. They may not get the the brand awareness or, or the superstardom that a lot of these guys get in college. But if they're good enough – they're going to still make a good name for themselves in the NBA. If they're good enough and they play for good teams and they play well and, and they make playoff appearances, they're going to you know, make a name for themselves. It's the same with Steph Curry. I mean, Steph Curry was huge at Davidson, right? He made a name for himself at Davidson. But 99, 98, 99% of why Steph Curry is famous is because what he did in the NBA. So you can still make a name for yourself in the NBA. But on the other hand, if you do forego college and you go to the NBA, you're not great. You maybe have a worse career than people expected. People who went to college and have a, a sub-average NBA career still has that college to kind Experience. of fall back onto. Exactly. They have yep. they they have jobs waiting for them at that college. They have notoriety at that college. They have opportunities to go back and help out, get paid, do whatever with that college because they went there and they were famous while in college. These guys are not going to have that opportunity if, for whatever reason, their NBA career doesn't go well. And that's something that should also be considered too when you think about it. But in the same sentence, you know, they've all, they've have been on the record saying that with this G League opportunity, with these kids, you know, deciding to forego college and play in the G League, one thing that they have mentioned is the idea that they're going to offer, you know, they, they'll offer them to pay for their college, you know, offer these guys right. the opportunity to go to school while being in the G League as well. So as long as they can have that in their back pocket and they take full consideration with it, I think they'll be fine. But if they don't, then that's something that may suffer if, like you said, they don't have the this, this stardom or potential of like the success that they thought they were going to have coming in to the G League. If they don't have that same success that they're expecting, then it's going to be tough to right. pan out the, <laughs> the Yeah. And don't don't get me wrong, I definitely think that this is a great move for for Isaiah Todd and Deshaun Nixon. We've seen, you know, we've seen LeBron, we've seen Kobe, Kevin Garnett, all these guys who didn't go to college at all come into the NBA and become some of the most famous people in the world. So you don't need college to, if you're good enough, you don't need college to make your brand bigger than it already can be. But, you know, there's some guys that may need college and there's some guys that don't. And I think there needs to be that choice for people if, if they don't want to go to college, if they don't have the need to to sit in class when they could be practicing for the NBA where they're going to make millions of dollars anyway, you might as well go and get paid to train while you can. I mean, it seems like a no brainer to some of these guys who just, they don't need to sit in college classes at this point if they're good enough to just train for the NBA and they're going to be top five picks. Yeah. But the last thing they want to end up being is a guy like Kwame Brown, a guy like, uh, a guy like Sebastian Telfair, a guy, yeah, like right. Robert, a guy like Robert Swift, you know, Eddie Curry, just to name a few guys that didn't pan out and end up being where they were supposed to be coming out by foregoing college and going straight into the NBA. Like Those guys were coming out of high school and they just decided to just forego college and go straight to the NBA. And their careers were not necessarily in their favor, to say the least. Yeah, and it, I think we just... We just really won't know if it was the right decision until obviously they, they get to the NBA and we see more people go through the program and we see how they pan out in the future because we just won't know if it's the right decision or the wrong decision. But I, I think at the very least it offers 
an alternate decision. You know, it offers people the ability yeah, to say, more options. Mm-hmm. yeah, and especially if you're coming from a poor family and you have unbelievable basketball talent, if you can go make $500,000 in a year and uh, other than going to college and making nothing, you absolutely should have the, ch- the chance to go make half a million dollars. I mean, that's yeah. be great. <laughs> absolutely. I'm with you on that. That half a million sounds really good right about now. Oh, I would love it. I would <laughs> buy so many video games. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, th- I think that's we that's all we have for for basketball this week. There was still yeah, stuff to talk it. about, which is good. Still yeah. stuff going on. It's still stuff going on. The buzz is still still there. You know, we're keeping us entertained with this Jordan documentary. That's the best basketball we could get. Uh, yeah, the highlights cool. of Jordan is it it gives you chills, man, because you know he was phenomenal. <laughs> he was phenomenal, man. So, yeah, he was. Um, just watching that and. Those good old highlights of the good old 2000, the 2010 era of basketball. Man, the, man, go watch like LeBron James in like 2007. It's ridiculous. Like it's ridiculous to see that he is still good now. Like he kind of like he was then. Man, it's insane. So like, yeah, that's that's been it in terms of like the NBA buzz or just catching these guys having different conversations with different media outlets and seeing, you know, how they're doing in this quarantine situation, you know, what they're watching and everything else. So, yeah, we need Surge to come out with another cooking video. Something <laughs> like that. Yeah. yeah. Or, or just to see his wardrobe, you know, because he. Yes. He's too he's, he's swaggy. You know, well, he we need say the scarf off <laughs> between him and OG Ananobi. Some, that's what this quarantine needs a fashion show yeah everybody just break out the fashion show russell westbrook james harden everybody they just bring out that would all the actually clothes, be awesome like a runway pj tucker just break out his break out the kicks and it just be a good time <laughs> just keep it just keep us entertained you know just keep us entertained cj mccullum drop a podcast just keep us entertained you know just like how we're doing we're keeping everyone as entertained as we possibly can throughout this pandemic situation, giving you all the NBA stories we can possibly give you during this <laughs> coronavirus. Yeah, that's, you know, that's all we can do at this point and talk, mm-hmm. talk about stupid basketball that happened 30 years ago. Always a good time. <laughs> I'm always down for that. Yeah, me too. So that's going to conclude this edition of the points in the paint podcast. Make sure you subscribe and rate us, review us, and give us those five stars. Never give us four stars, of course. And you make Always sure you, you know it. You know it. And then you make sure you follow myself, Zach Badgerhouse, and my main man, Ben Winstein. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. Follow Shams on Twitter for all your latest NBA news, up-to-date news. Follow Stadium on Twitter. And make sure you listen to Amina and Felder presents Trash and Treasure. Make sure you listen to that, too. It comes out every Thursday. They're doing a good job. They're doing some nice things, Ben. They're doing some pretty yeah, good things. Yeah, they are. They're doing uh, a Amina. lot of stuff. If, yeah, if you are interested in getting into broadcasting, I know they're talking to a lot of broadcasters about the business and, and college and everything like that. So they're kind of focusing on that a little bit more, which is always good to listen to if you're looking to get into the business. So if you want to be like us one day, as we're still climbing this journey in the world of sports media, make sure you tune in to Amina and Felder presents trash and treasure and that wraps it up that'll do it